Babakama Dav Sadidalad, we last started the ninth Perek of Masechet Babakama, Perek HaGozel. Instead of someone stole something and changed it, he only has to pay whatever it was at the original time when he stole it. We saw in regards to wool, if someone whitened it, we saw one Brayta say it is a change, one Brayta say it's not a change, and we had three different answers. And Abaye told us that Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Bet Shemayr, Bilazer ben Yaakov, Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar, and Rabbi Shmael all hold that just because you change something it doesn't mean it's totally changed and you would still have to give it the original thing. Meaning, if someone stole something and changed it, you still have to give it back to the original owner. We saw Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda in regards to coloring something, it's not considered a change. Bet Shemai in regards to uh, uh, someone giving a gift to a Zona and she changed it. It's according to Bet Shemai, it's not a change. And with that, we're going to start Sadi Dalit Amud Aleph, eight lines in, where it says, Okay, so we said also holds that if you change something, it doesn't change possessions. If someone stole a Se'ah, that's a measurement of weight, of wheat. If he grounded it, if he kneaded it, if he baked it, whatever he did to it, then he gave halal. Could you make a bracha on this? It's not a blessing, you're cursing Hashem. Over here you have the passage that says if someone stole something and he made a bracha, it's really cursing Hashem. You see, he holds that just because you changed it, doesn't mean it left the original owner's possession. And therefore, you can't uh, say a beracha on the fashat hala. Now, Rabbi Shimon ben Azar Mahi, what's Rabbi Shimon ben Azar? The Tanya. Klal Zeamar Rabbi Shimon ben Azar, this rule Rabbi Shimon ben Azar said, Kol Shevach Sheshbiach Gazlan Yado Ala Elyona. Whatever enhancement the thief did after he stole it, he has the upper hand. Meaning, Ratzar Notel Shibho. He has the option of paying whatever it was worth at the time uh, that he stole it, and he could keep whatever he stole, or he could say, listen, this is what it is, uh, take it. So now, the Gemara has a question. What's what's this thief saying? So, this is what he's trying to say. If the thief enhanced it, notel shibho. He could take the entire item that he stole, including his enhancement. Kahash, but if it went down in price, but if it got ruined, he could say, he could say, here, take it as is. This is yours. Why? Because even if you changed something that you stole, it could go back to the owner as is. Now, the Gemara says, if that's the case, if that's the case, then even if it enhanced, he should still have to give it back. No, for those who want to do Teshuvah, you don't have to return it. So if it went up in price, you're not going to want to give back the actual item. So just pay it. Now, Rabbi Shmael, what's Rabbi Shmael? A person has a big uh, field, uh, let's say it's a wheat field. Uh, so we know part of the, the mitzvot in a field is that you have to leave a corner for the poor people. And it's a mitzvah that while still standing. So you got to designate an area while the crop is still standing. 
that the Aniim could come and get it. Okay, let's say he didn't have a chance to designate a corner. Fine, he, he leaves a she- he could give it from sheaves, uh, meaning from bundles of wheat. If he didn't have time to do it from the, the sheaves, he forgot it. You could you could uh, give pe'ah even from a pile as long as you didn't smoothen it. Smoothening is already uh, the, the next level, and now you have to give trumot and masrot. That's already too late to give a pe'ah. Merho, if you already uh, smoothened it, then me'aser venotenlo. So first you got to do your trumot and masrot and everything, and then you could give your pe'ah. Why then? Day you don't want the, the poor person to lose out of this. Rabbi Shmael goes as far as to say as even if you already made it a dough, you still give a pe'ah from that dough to the poor person. And of course, that's Rabbi Shmael. However, according to Tanakama, that once you made it into dough, you don't have to give pe'ah because it's already a big shinui. And as she explains, you don't have to pay anything to the poor person because Pe'ah is money that no one has a claim on. You're right, there's a lot of poor people, but no one specifically has a claim on it. Now, Amalir of Papa Abaye, of Papa has a question Abaye. Abaye set up these uh, five rabbis. He said they all hold the Shinui, does not uh, change anything. It still belongs to the owner. So, so he has a question Abaye. Ichpal kol you tell me all these Hanaim got together so they could tell me that the halacha is like Bet Shammai? We all know the halacha is not like Bet Shammai. We all hold like Bet Hillel. So Amrade, so Abay explained, this is what the Tanaim are trying to say. That Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel didn't argue in regards to this halacha. Even Bet Hillel holds that, it, that if you change the item, it still belongs to the original owner. So now, Amar Rabbah. Ab- Rabbah tells uh, Abaye, Mimai, what makes you say that all these Tanaim hold that if you change something, it still stays by the owner? Maybe when Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda said in regards to the Shita Gez, the first shearing, Maybe that's only in regards to uh, dye that you could, you know, you could use some soap and wash out the dye and it goes back to its original state. Okay, that's not considered shinui. And same thing in regards to Bet Shammai with, uh, with giving uh, the wheat to the zona. I understand over there, when you're giving it as a korban, it's disgusting. And maybe the rules over there are different. I understand also when you, you stole uh, dough and you're, you're, you're trying to make a farshat hala. I understand over there you're trying to say a beracha. I understand why you shouldn't make a beracha on hafashat hala because it's a mitzvah that's coming through an avira. So maybe the rules over there are different. Also, in regards to Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar, in regards to uh, stealing something and then it went down in price or got ruined, that's elabach hashad dehadar. That's, you know, maybe that's uh, only in regards to. Uh, you, it went down in price, it got ruined, but you could still give it back. You could still give back the, the cow that you stole. Just fatten it up, give it some food, let it grow a little bit, and then it'll go back to its original state. And also in regards to Bishmael with the pe'ah, that even after you made it dough, you still have to give pe'ah. That's in regards to pe'ah. It says over there, 
an extra ta'azov, it says, once by Parashat Kedoshim and once in Parashat Emor. Okay, so it, it doubled down. So I understand that no, no matter what, even if you change it, you still have to give it. I, I get it. And if you want to tell me, okay, let's learn from there. Let's learn from Pe'a to other places that Shinu Yuskone. I can always say, maybe the, the, the gifts you're supposed to give poor people are different. Maybe they're more strict. Like Rabbi Yonatan wanted to say, Rabbi Yonatan, Rabbi Yonatan asked the question, what's Rabbi Shemal's reason that in regards to Pe'ah, you're still liable after it's already though? Is it because he holds Shinu, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, transfer uh, the ownership? Or maybe, or maybe he holds that if you change something, it does transfer ownership. In regards to Pe'ah, Mishum dichtiv ta'azov yetra. It says an extra ta'azov. Ve'im temtselomar ta'amad Rabbi Shemal mishum dekasava shinu enokone. Okay, and if you want to say that Rabbi Shemal's reason is because uh, when you change something, the the uh, ownership doesn't change. Ta'azov yetra dechatav rachamana lamali. Then why did you have to say the ani velagiat ta'azov them two times? Ve'tul rabbanan. Here's another question. According to rabbanan who hold that once you changed the crop, you don't have to give it to the poor people anymore. So then why do we need uh, two times? So the Gemara explains, No, they need it for the following for the following halacha that we learned from this karmo. If someone made his vineyard ownerless, he gets up in the morning and he wants to harvest. He's still hayav beperet. He's still hayav that if there's individual grapes on the vine, you have to leave it for poor people. Or if there's incomplete uh, clusters, uh, uh, clusters that don't look like a triangle, they just look uh, like a cluster going down. And anything that he left over there on the floor, he has to leave for poor people. He has to leave a corner for poor people. Upatur min ha-ma'asir, but he does not have to give ma'asir. So they learned from the extra la'ani velaget ta'azov that you st- even if you made it ownerless, you still have to leave all that stuff. Amar v'yudah ma'ashimu'el halacha k'rebi shim'on ben al-azhar. The halacha is k'rebi shim'on al-azhar, that even though the thief changed something, it still stays by the original owner. And the Gemara asks, Umi Amar Shmuel Hachi, did Shmuel really say this? But didn't Shmuel himself say, we don't assess uh, the broken parts of an item in regards to thieves, either uh, uh, a quiet thief that's a ganav, uh, like, a, like a pickpocket, or a gazlan uh, armed robber, someone who stole straight out. We don't assess for them, meaning... The thief takes the broken parts and he has to pay the whatever the original item was worth. However, when it comes to damages, the damaged parts go to the original owner and the person who broke the stuff has to pay the difference. And it sounds like he holds that Shinui is Kone, which sounds like he's uh, contradicting his himself. So Bishlam Amar 
I understand. According to Rabbi who said before, Kikamar Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar Hatam, that's Bechasha de Hadar, when Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar said that uh, if he made the item uh, worth less, he could tell him, here, you, this is yours, you could keep it. I understand something that can go back up by feeding it, or you could enhance it back to what it originally was. Lakasha, then I understand that Shmuel is not contradicting himself. You could say, Kikamar, Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar, the Shinu ben Komo Omed. I could always say that changing something doesn't make a difference. That's if the, the change can go back to its original state. And when Shmuel said that we don't assess the broken pieces in regards to the thief, but we do in regards to damages, that's if it went down in price. So that's something that got ruined that cannot go back to its original state. So I understand, according to Rabbah, then Shmuel makes sense. But according to Abayah, the Amar, Ki Ka'amar, Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar, Bechashad, Delo Hadar Ka'amar, he held that when Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar said that a change doesn't change ownership, that's when you uh, ruined it, and it cannot go back to its original state, like it died or it completely broke. How is Abaye going to uh, explain Shemuel's contradiction? So Abaye Matnehachi the Gemara explains that Abaye teaches this differently. Amar Yuda Amar Shemuel Amru other rabbis said that the halacha is kered Bishimon ben Elazar vele, but Shemuel himself los virale. He doesn't hold like that. Rather, he holds Shinui is kone. And Amar Bichya Bar Aba Amar Bichanan Debar Torah from the Torah Gezela Hanishtanet Choseret Beinia. Uh, and if you stole something, it changed, it goes back to the original owner. Because Shinui is, does not change uh, ownership. The Pasuk says he has to return the theft that he stole. And if you have a question from our Mishnah, which says, oh, you don't have to return it, just return the money worth. That's Mishum Takana Tashabim. That's a, 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 you know, it's a, it's a Takana for those who are trying to do Teshubah. Don't, don't return the actual item, just uh, return the money. So, so this way they'll do Teshubah. Now, the Gemara asks a question. Did Rabbi Yohanan really say that from the Torah, Shinui goes back to the original owner? Changing something doesn't do anything? Didn't Rabbi Yohanan say, Halakha is like a Mishnah with no rabbi? And we learned in regards to Rashid Agiz, the first shearings of wool, if someone didn't give the wool to the Kohen yet and he colored it, Paturi does not have to give it to the Kohen because changing it makes it something different and the original owner would not get the theft if it changed. So a rabbi responded, It's Rabbi Yaakov who responded. I got the explanation from Rabbi Yohanan himself. When we say that when changing something, it, it does not change ownership from the Torah, that's from the Torah, but from the, the Rabbanan, it does for the for those who want to do Teshuvah. That's if you stole sanded wood and you made utensils. That becomes a change that can go back to its original state. But if he changed it in a way where it can't go back to its original state, like coloring it, then that works even from the Torah. Tanu Rabbanan, and we learned, If thieves 
or those who uh, lent out money with interest. If they want to give the money back, and we don't accept it from them because we want them to do teshuvah. And anyone who accepts from them, Hachamim are not happy with him. And to explain, Amar Yohanan This Mishnah that exempted the thieves from returning the items they stole was taught in the days of Rabbi. And Tosfot brings in the name of Rabbeinu Tam that's only in the days of Rabbi. Rabbi taught it. It wasn't taught before and it's not for the generation after him. It was only for that generation. And he proves it from a lot of uh, situations in Shas where they did give back the interest and uh, the stolen items. Now, all this comes about from a following story. There was a person who wanted to do Teshuvah. His wife told him empty head, meaning uh, airhead. If you do Teshuvah and you return everything, even your belt is not yours. And he stopped and he didn't do Teshuvah. At that moment, the rabbi said, They said, thieves and those who used to lend out with interest, we don't accept it from them because we want them to do Teshuvah. And anyone who accepts from them, Hachimim are not happy with them. So Metiveh, the Gemara has a question. If a father passed away and he left off money to his children, that was their inheritance, and we know that the interest money was there, even if they know it's interest money, they don't have to give it back. Now, here's the thing. In who Hudelo it sounds like they themselves, the children, don't have to return that money. It sounds like the father would have to return it. And that's a problem against what the Rabbi was meant again. So the Gemara explains, Really, from the deen, the father also does not have to return. The reason we said the children are exempt, because we want to teach the last part of that Mishnah. If their father left them a cow or an article of clothing, or any specific item, they have to give it back for their father's honor. Because we don't want people to say, oh, that, uh, that's from Rebit, their father used to be a big uh, Rebit guy. So, so then, uh, since we're talking about the Sefer, the children, so we also talked in the Resha about the children, but really, even the father does not have to give it back. And the Gemara has a question, and do these uh, inheritors, these children, have to give it back because of their father's kavod? Meaning, we know the famous mitzvah, you know that a curse a president, an officer in your nation, that's only that's only if he's following the rules and he's keeping to the laws of the Torah. So, but if he's not following the, the mitzvot, you don't have to, uh, uh, you don't have to honor him. So, same thing. If a father is not following the Torah laws, I don't have to respect him. Uh, the, the children sh- uh, should not have to return anything, even if it's a specific item. So my response, like Rav Pinchas explained, we're talking about a situation where he did Teshuvah. Same thing over here. Over here, we're talking about a situation where the father did Teshuvah, and that's why they have to give back that cow, the, the article of clothing, whatever it is. But the Gemara says, If he did Teshuvah, why is it by him? He should give it back. 
So the Gemara responds, Shaloi speak lahazir ad shemet. He didn't have a chance to give it back, and he passed away. So that's why the children have to return it. And Tosafot explains, we're not talking about a situation where he wanted to give it back and didn't accept it because of the takana. Also could be we're talking about a specific thing. Another point Tosafot brings out could be that this entire takana was for the thief himself, but not on the children. It could be the children would be hayaf to give if their father was trying to do teshuba. Another interesting mahloket that Tosafot brings is in regards to you have to give it back to be a from the Shemaim or not, where it sounds like from Tosfot you don't, according to Eriban, you do have to give it back to be a from the Shemaim. Now, the Gemara has a question, Tashema, here's another proof that thieves have to return the, whatever they stole and uh, lenders have to return the, the Ribit. It says, Thieves and uh, interest uh, lenders even though they collected, they have to give back. So now the Gemara has a question, what type of collection is there in regards to a thief? If they stole, they stole. If they didn't steal, they didn't steal. I have to say that one is explaining the other. The thieves. What type of thieves? Those who lend with interest. Even though they collected the ribit, they have to give it back. You see, they're not patur. There's no takanata shavim. So the Gemara responds, No, they have to give it back. We just don't accept it. So if that's the case, why are they giving it back? From the shamayim. And like the tour explains, if you're giving it back for the Shemaim purposes, then okay, we'll take it back. But if you're giving it back because, oh, I have to give back the Avira, the answer is no, then we don't accept it. Another example would be if he wants to give it back, meaning he's letting go his money here, I'm not keeping it. And not as a forced payment, then okay, then we can accept it. And Tashima, here's another proof that the thieves have to give whatever they stole back. Haro'im. Shepherds who graze their animals in other people's yards, they take their grass, their food. The Hagabain, people who collect tax for the king, they usually take more, they keep some, they pocket some. The Hamochsin, Moches is someone who pays the king for the right of the tax money in this area. So he'll give the king one lump sum and then it's his job to go collect it. In those cases, Teshuvatan Kasha, their Teshuvah is very hard because they stole from a lot of people. They don't know who to give what to. And they have to give back to whoever they know for sure they stole from. So bottom line is you see that they do give back. So again, the Gemara answers, They give it back, we don't accept it. So why are they giving it back? Let's say the Shemaim, for Shemaim purposes. If that's the case, Kasha, why is their Teshuvah hard? At the end of the day, they're patur from giving it back. Look at the, the end. And if they don't know who to give back what to, you do whatever the public needs. You make them water wells and things like that, whatever the public needs. So there is a way to do teshuvah. When we say that uh, they have to give back, that's talking about uh, before it be made that takana not to take from the uh, from the thieves. And when the Baraita says we don't accept, is after uh, Rabbi said that the thieves don't have to give back. But now that Rav Nachman explained that we're talking about a situation where whatever he stole is not there anymore, 
But if it is there, he'll have to give it back. You can even explain both the taught after Rebis Takana for the for, for the thieves to do Teshuvah. There's no contradiction. When we say you have to give it back is when the theft is still here. And can and when we say that you don't have to give it back, that's when the theft is not here anymore. But what about the story with the belt? You remember that lady who said, uh, if you give back, you won't even have a belt? You see that his belt was still there, and Hachamim uh, and, uh, said he shouldn't have given it back, meaning he could have kept it, just do Teshuvah. The Gemara explains, What does that mean, Avnet? The worth of a, of a belt. She wasn't telling him, oh, you're going to have to give back your belt. She was telling him, that even, you won't even have money for a belt. And like Maragin asks, you're telling me wherever the actual item is still around, Hachamim didn't make that takana that the thief doesn't have to give it back. What about the famous story with the beam? You take the beam, you put it part of the house. Hachamim said you don't have to break your house in order to give it. You just pay the money. We have a Mishnah that says that if someone stole a beam, put it to part of his house, you don't, have to, you don't have to break your house and give it, all you have to do is just pay for it. Why? For the takana of the people who do Teshuvah. We don't want them destroying the house, otherwise no one's going to do Teshuvah. Just pay for it. The Gemara responds, Shani Hatam, over there is different. Over there, you lose out on the entire house. Once you start breaking beams, the whole house is going to go. Then Rabbanan made it as if it's not existed, meaning it's already gone, and all you have to do is just pay. But if the item is still there, you'd have to give it back. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen Ve Amen.